We're just going to jump in the Word today. We're going to start a new series. And that series, I'm going to call it Christ the Healer. I want to really build a foundation of healing from the Word of God, what God's Word says to us as His children in this earth. Do you know our spirit, we're completely made brand new. Sickness and disease cannot touch our spirit man. Our physical bodies, though, are subject to, we, we have not received our glorified bodies yet. So they're subject to sickness and disease, but God has made provision that if the enemy attacks you with sickness and disease, God has made provision in Christ where he already bore all of your sickness. He already carried all of your disease and your pain so you don't have to. So we want to build these truths from the word of God deep within your spirit man this morning. So let's turn to Isaiah chapter 53 and we're going to start, this is the great redemptive chapter. Isaiah chapter 53, we're going to start in verse 1 this morning. Hallelujah. I believe that you have ears to hear, that your heart is receptive. I believe the Spirit of God is going to reveal some truths. As we go before the Word of God this morning, let's open up in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today for your incorruptible Word. We thank you for the truth that makes free. And we trust and rely on the mighty Holy Spirit this morning that he will bring revelation knowledge of your word and that the anointing upon your incorruptible, unlimited, powerful word would lift burdens this morning, would destroy yokes of bondage. Lord Jesus, we know that you are the same yesterday and today and forever. And as you went about teaching, preaching, and healing, that's what you're doing today. So we're believing you, Lord Jesus, as you said, to work with your word and confirm it with signs following this morning. We thank you for bodies being healed, for lives being restored, for hope being birthed. And Father, even though we're watching from home today, Father, we are trusting you to continue to knit our hearts together as a church family. Oh, there's no time or distance in the spirit, and we are one. We are one as your body. So we thank you for that today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well, praise God. Let's start in Isaiah 53.1. What a great passage of scripture to start um, and really talk about how that Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, he is our healer. So Isaiah 53, all major theologians agree that this is the great redemptive chapter. And I just want you to see what God has provided for you and I through Christ. It says in verse 1, Who hath believed our report? This, this word hath is past tense. Who has believed our report? This, this Hebrew word for report literally means who has believed our announcement, who has believed our doctrine. This was the report that was given to them by God through his prophets. 
And it says, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord that always is significant of his manifest power. What the word is telling us is that the power of God is revealed to those that believe the report of the Lord. Child of God, I'm here to tell you today, if you want to know if you're healed, don't look to your body. Look to the word of God because God's word is forever settled in heaven. And God is saying to us, believe my report and watch my power be revealed in your life. And now in verse 2 and verse 3, it's going to start to talk about Jesus on the cross. So let's look at this. It says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form, that means he hath no outward beauty, nor comeliness. This is talking about God's glory, splendor, or majesty. Jesus put all that aside and lived on this earth as a man anointed by God to show us how to live in this world, but also to redeem man. He was the sacrificial lamb. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Verse 3, he is despised. That means Jesus was disrespected and rejected of man, a man of sorrows. This word sorrows literally is the word pains. He was a man of pains and acquainted with grief. This word grief literally in the Hebrew language means sickness. So he was a man of pains and he was acquainted. This means he experienced sickness. Interesting. And we did hid and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, again, disrespected, and we esteemed him or regarded him not. So we know that Jesus in his earthly walk, he did not suffer sickness and disease. But we do know on the cross, all of it, all of our sickness, all of the disease, all that would come on mankind because of the curse of the law, because of sin, because of spiritual death, it was placed on him almost 2,000 years ago on the cross. Now look at verse 4. It says, surely, or without question, this, this, this Hebrew word means absolutely. This, this, Greek, or this Hebrew word means truly. See, this is not a filler word. There are no filler words with God. God wanted us to know that healing, physical healing, was part of redemption. Surely he hath borne. This word borne means to bear away as a punishment for something. He bore our griefs. This is the Hebrew word koli. Everywhere in the Old Testament, it is, it is literally, except this one place, it is uh, defined as sickness, physical sickness. 
Surely he has bore away our sickness, our disease, and he carried our sorrows. This is the Hebrew word makab. It literally means our pains. He bore yours and my sickness and carried our pains. Yet we, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Surely, in other words, healing is part of the redemptive work of Jesus. Isn't that good news? God loves you so much, he left you with incredible promises so that you would not be subject to sickness and disease in the earth. Now look at verse 5. It says, but he, talking about Jesus, was wounded. This means he was pierced. He was profaned. He was defiled for our transgressions. This word transgressions is talking about Adam's sin that we were born into. And it says he was bruised. This word means he was crushed and oppressed for our iniquities. These would be our personal sins that we've committed. The chastisement or the penalty and the punishment of our peace was upon him. This word peace is the Hebrew word shalom. The penalty, the restraint, the punishment of our peace. This word peace, shalom, it literally means health, welfare, success, victory was upon him. And with, or in the literal Hebrew it would read, and by his stripes or his bruise, we are healed. It's amazing how that the Bible is so clear in the redemptive chapter to make sure that we know, that we know that we know that Christ is our healer. He bore our sickness. He bore our pain. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news, child of God? This morning, just draw from that. Allow those words to just go deep in your spirit. Jesus paid the price which did something about sin. It eradicated the sin nature and the penalty of sin. Jesus paid the price which did something about sickness and disease and pain. And all of this happened on the cross. Hallelujah. Now, the question is, why is it so easy for us to know that you know, I know he bore my sin, so I don't have to. But the reason why it's easy to believe that is because we've majored on this sin part. But child of God, just as much as Jesus died for your sin, he also, he bore your sickness, he bore your disease, he carried your pain. So now if you jump down to verse 10 of Isaiah 53, it says this, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Wow. This means to smite him, to crush him. Jesus was one mass 
of torn flesh. There's a, where it talks about his bruise. If you, they say in the Hebrew language, if you could have looked at Jesus and told one mark on his back where he was beaten from another, you, could, you would have had to use a different word. It would not have been a singular word. But because you could not distinguish one stripe from another, he was one mass of torn flesh. And he did that as he bore the weight and the judgment of all sickness and disease and pain for you and I. Child of God, if you have symptoms in your body this morning, they have no legal right because Jesus paid for them. So it's real interesting. It says, yet it pleased, to Lord, pleased the Lord to bruise him, and he had, hath put Jesus, or put him, to grief. This means he put him to sickness, is that Hebrew word. Isaac Lesser, he, was, uh, the, he has a version of the Bible. It's the only Bible version recognized by the Orthodox Jews as a proper translation from Hebrew into English. He wrote it this way. He said, he hath made him sick. Jesus paid the price for sickness and disease. In the same way, he paid the price for sin. God placed the punishment of sin and sickness on Jesus. Jesus was our substitute. He took our place because of his great love for us. Therefore, healing belongs to us today. Never forget that, child of God. Jesus was made to be sin so that we would be made the very righteousness of Almighty God in him. Jesus was made sick so that we would be healed. Jesus was made poor so that we could have a full and overflowing supply of finances. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. Isn't that good news? So let those words sink into you. I want to encourage you today. These are scriptures that you need to meditate on, that we need to say over and over Oh, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you bore my sickness and carried my pain. I thank you that by your stripes I'm healed. We need to keep that ever in our mouth. The Bible says, hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering because he is faithful, so faithful that promised now, if you jump over, let's jump over to Matthew chapter 8 in verse 17. Actually, we'll start in verse 16 to get the context. Because this is a wonderful passage of Scripture talking about the ministry of Jesus. And this reveals to us the Holy Spirit's commentary on Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. It says this, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, 
Now, this is an interesting phrase in the, in the Greek language. It would literally read that the fulfilling could begin. This Greek word denotes a beginning, not an ending. So literally, this happened and this began something. Which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities. This means our sicknesses, our diseases, our weaknesses, our feebleness. And he bore our sickness. Isn't that amazing? He bore all of our diseases and sicknesses and pain. God knew this would be a debated subject in our day. And he wanted to make sure that his word would define what he was saying all throughout the Old Testament. Jesus, in other words, redeemed us in every realm. In the realm of heaven, in the realm of earth, and even under the earth. When Jesus said, it is finished, it was a completed work. When Jesus came out of the grave, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he gave us the power of attorney in his name. And he said, go out in my name. And I'm telling you, when you lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, when you bring the name of Jesus on the scene, things happen. Because his presence and his power is in his name. Hallelujah. So as we see these things, as we go through this series, we're going to look at a lot of individual cases of healing. We're going to see in the earthly ministry of Jesus, there were stories written in the Bible that were handpicked by the Holy Spirit for us. And these testimonies of healing, they have within them a, a wonderful set of principles that reveal the truth of God's word. These testimonies are timeless. These testimonies, they represent the will of God for all men, for all time. And they are for you this morning. Hallelujah. In John chapter 21, in verse 25, it says this, and there are also many other things which Jesus did. On the which, if they were, would be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. All of these stories, they were written, they were recorded to build faith for healing into our spirit. What we're wanting to do today and what my heart's desire for this series is we want to build a foundation of faith and healing at Faith Family Church. God wants you to build a foundation of faith and healing in your life. Know this in relation to healing, that things change last on the outside. They have changed on the inside. In your, see, what, God, what God's word does is it builds an image 
on the inside of your consciousness, on the inside of your subconscious mind, as you meditate in the word day and night, as you meditate, Father, I thank you that you sent your word and healed me. I thank you that you redeemed me from the curse of the law, which includes all sickness and all disease. Father, I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Well, what's happening as you say that over and over and over, this is going to start to change. It's going gonna, it's gonna to build an image on the inside of you, seeing yourself well. And that image will eclipse what you're feeling or what you're experiencing on the outside. And the healing power of God will go to the root of the sickness and disease and drive it out, drive it out, dry, dry it up, and it will, it'll change last on the outside. This is why God told Joshua, Joshua, I want you to meditate in my word day and night so that you may observe to do all that is written therein. See, faith comes by hearing God's word. And as we hear God's word, faith is there. Hallelujah. So don't quit. Don't ever quit. You believe and you expect. Don't miss the supernatural power of God and the working of the word of God because you're looking for something spectacular. If you want to know that you're healed, go to God's word. This phrase, I want to encourage you, should always be coming out of your mouth. The word of God is working mightily in me. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not going to allow any distractions in my life. I'm going to be careful what I hear. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the word of God. Hallelujah. Well, now I want, you to, I want you to go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, we're going to talk about one of these stories in the Bible, one of these hand-picked stories that God saw fit that has within it principles of healing. In Luke chapter 13, we're going to start in verse 10. So let's open our Bibles to that. And I want to encourage you to take some good notes on this this morning. It says in verse 10 of Luke chapter 13, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Now, if, you, if we just pause for a moment, this is no surprise because this is what Jesus did. You know, in Matthew chapter 9, you could stay in Luke, but I'm going to read this to you. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35, it says this, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So in other words, the ministry of Jesus consisted of teaching, preaching, and healing. Well, we know Hebrews 13, 8, right? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We are all, as we, as we are followers of Christ, what should we be doing? We should be going about teaching, preaching, and healing. 
Mark chapter 16, the Great Commission, in verse 20, it says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming his word with signs following. See, in Jesus' day, the synagogues were a place where people would come and hear the word of God. This is just another one of Jesus' Sabbath day miracles. The Sabbath day was a day of rest. You know, we see this, this picture of this. In Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 3, it says this, For we which have believed do enter into rest. And now if you jump down to verse 9 through verse 11, it says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And this, this word unbelief literally means, in the Greek language, it means a rebellious disobedience. Child of God, faith is a rest. When you are fully persuaded that God's word is true, you will be at rest. See, right now, the church age, we are living in the dispensation of grace. We receive everything by grace through faith. We must receive through faith what God has provided by his grace. It was possible for someone to have faith. Why? Because Jesus was teaching. Jesus works, never forget that, teaching, preaching, healing. Hallelujah. It, it says this in Luke chapter 5, in verse 15, it says, but so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed of him of their infirmities. Well, it, that, isn't that interesting? They came to hear and to be healed. You have to hear in order for faith to be birthed. Romans 10, 17 is very clear. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, your faith in God's word is built as you hear. See, I'm in a better place today because I have heard something from the Word of God. Many want healing, many want prosperity, but they don't want to hear, and it just doesn't work that way. Many refuse to hear, so don't be that way. Hunger after the Word of God. As you feed on it, you'll hunger after God's Word. Hebrews chapter 4 in verse 2 says this, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. It's so very important that we mix, we mix faith with the gospel. 
So, and I remember, you've heard me say this many times, our mixer is our mouth. So we should be speaking the word of God. We are to never let the word depart out of our mouth. So we are to speak the word and speak the word and speak the word over our lives. So now let's jump back into our story. Luke chapter 13 in verse 11, it says this, And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself up. Now this is really interesting. She had this spirit of infirmity 18 years. She, she was bowed together. She could not lift herself up. But this lady did not let this condition stop her from coming to the synagogue. This lady had this condition for 18 years. You would call that probably a hopeless situation. God moves even when the condition has been there a long time. This is why this story is here. The nature of her condition, she had helpless paralysis and deformity. She had chronic, a chronic, this was a chronic long-term condition in her body. The cause of her disease, the Bible says that her condition did not come through natural causes. Her condition came through the agency of an evil spirit. An evil spirit had attached itself to her body. Its presence was revealed in her physical condition of being bowed over. Her body, in other words, was bound by a spirit of infirmity. In verse 16, as we're going to read down into this story, we find out that Satan had bound this woman for 18 years. But I love Acts chapter 10 in verse 38. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, even with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Hallelujah. Jesus called sickness and disease satanic oppression. Satanic oppression. We have to know who our enemy is. Today, if you are facing any symptoms in your body at all, listen, God is not using this to teach you something. God, the God of heaven, he wants sickness and disease eradicated from your life. He sent Jesus to do this. She was bowed over. She could not straighten up. And if you'll notice in this story as we go through it, Jesus did not speak to the evil spirit. Jesus never said that her sin was the cause of what caused this to happen. It wasn't that. It was an evil spirit attacking her body. Now let's look at verse 12 of Luke chapter 13. Verse 12 says this, And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Now look at what Jesus said. He said, Woman, thou art loosed 
from your infirmity. Not going to be, thou art loosed. This word loosed in the Greek language literally is the word redeemed. In other words, you could say, this, say it this way. Woman, you are redeemed from your sickness. Hallelujah. Young's literal translation of this verse, Jesus says it this way. And Jesus, having seen her, did call her near and said to her. See, we see the woman's faith in that she came near to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? So here, she's over here, and she's just, she's sitting in the synagogue. And so she's sitting in the synagogue, and Jesus calls her to himself. And she literally, I mean, you would think he would walk over to her, but you see her faith as she got up, and she started moving to Jesus. This is showing us it's implying that he required of her to come to him first. It took faith on her part to stand with Jesus when everyone else was standing against him. And sometimes that'll have to happen, child of God. Sometimes people won't understand when you're believing God. But it took faith on her part to stand with Jesus when everybody else was standing against him. Faith is nothing more than simply acting like the word of God is true. Jesus said she was loosed while she was still bent over. Isn't that amazing? He, he said to her, while she was still bent over, you are loosed, you're redeemed from your sickness. He didn't say you're going to be loosed. Jesus completely took this out of the realm of time. He said you are loosed, not you will be loosed. Hallelujah. Why is that? Because this was a completed work. Hallelujah. Faith always speaks the answer. Always. Faith never speaks the problem. When you're in faith, you're very conscious of the word working in you and manifesting out of you. You're conscious of what's happening in you. When you're walking by sight, you're always conscious of what's happening to you. And I'm here to tell you, child of God, there's a strength, there's a power we are to be continually strengthened inwardly in the Lord and in the power of his might. He is my everything. He, he is the one that withholds me, that uplifts me. So now, if I love what Luke chapter 4, verse 18 says. You could stay there in Luke 13. Luke 4, 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives. Beck's translation of this verse literally says, to announce to the prisoners that you are free. That's what the Spirit of God would be saying to you this morning, child of God. 
that you are free, you are loosed, you are healed in the name of Jesus. So Jesus announced to this woman, you are free. Jesus declared her freedom. Never forget this, faith is always now. If it's not now, it's not faith. Hebrews 11.1, it starts out with three powerful words. Now faith is. Faith calls it done when it feels like it's not done. Faith calls it paid when you have no idea where the money will come from. Faith calls you free when it looks like you're bound. I love that. And that's why the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what we feel. We're moved only by what we believe. Isn't that exciting? I pray that that goes deep within your spirit, man. Faith literally opens the door for God to impart power and life into your spirit, man. When you believe God's word and your words are in agreement with God's words, then the anointing of God will come to affect what you are believing for. Let me say that again. When you believe God's word and your words are in agreement with his words, then the anointing of God will come to affect what you are believing for. Jesus watches over his word to perform it. So let's jump back into our story. Luke chapter 13 and verse 13. It says this, And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Never forget this, child of God. The works of Satan always will glorify Satan. The works of God will always glorify God. Jesus laid his hands on her to perform what he had declared. So that was a point of contact for her. Verse 14, and the ruler of the synagogue, this is really amazing, but this is how religion is. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. It means he was heated, he was grieved, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days which men ought to work, in them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. It's interesting. This, this uh, religious leader, this ruler in the synagogue, he considered healing of the body to be on a lower spiritual level than things that should be done on the Sabbath day. What is wrong with that thought process? No, today, God wants you well. He considered healing of the body too common and mundane to do on the Sabbath. He was saying healing's okay, just not on this day. But my question would be, then why didn't the ruler of the synagogue heal her on another day over the last 18 years? So let's jump back in. Verse 15, 
And the Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, pretender. This means this word hypocrite means a play actor. It means a pretender. Thou hypocrite, does not each of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead them away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Wow. Jesus actually likened this woman to an animal that was bound from getting something it needs to live. Now, it's interesting, if you, if you study the Talmud, the Talmud was the Jewish commentary on what the law of Moses meant. The Talmud forbid taking care of animals because it involved too many steps, so they were not to take care of their animals on the Sabbath day. But Jesus just said it right in the guy's face. He's, Jesus is saying, you will break your customs to take care of your animal that brings income to you, but will not take care of this woman. So now verse 17. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed and all the people rejoiced for the glorious things that were done by him. Wow. So just think about that for a moment. God, God knows what you need today. He knows what you're facing today. Put all of your trust in him because he is faithful that promised. So two reasons why this woman should be loosed. Number one reason, she was a daughter of Abraham. In Galatians chapter 3, in verse 13, verse 14, and verse 29, it says this, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written... Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So this is Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.14 says this, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now I love verse 29 because now it brings us into this mix. It says, and if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Abraham prayed for people and they got healed because healing was included in the blessing of Abraham. Hallelujah. It is our right as children of God. This is very clear. In Galatians chapter 3, in verse 7, it says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Hallelujah. Well, that was the number one reason that she was a, that she was a, a daughter of Abraham. The number two reason 
was Satan was the one who bound her. I read this before, I'll say it again. Acts chapter 10, in verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and even with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8 is a powerful passage of Scripture. It says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, child of God, that God has made provision for you to be well. God loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 literally tells us that if the mighty Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, which if you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit is there. It says it this way, but if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Wow, is that good news. I would encourage you to go throughout your day thanking God. Father, I thank you that the mighty Holy Spirit is on the inside of me right now, and he is quickening. That word quicken literally means he's healing. He's making whole. He's restoring my body to health. Hallelujah. Receive your healing today. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that your healing power works and affects a cure in the bodies of your people. From the tip of their heads to the soles of their feet to their innermost being, driving out all sickness, driving out all disease. Sickness, disease, pain, weakness, infirmity has no place in the life of a believer. Viruses have no place in the life of a believer. So we stand against these things in the name of Jesus, but we don't stand in our own strength. We stand in the strength of God and we rest. Child of God, God is good all the time. His mercy, it endures forever. His mercy is for you. Just rest in that. Just rest in the reality that God's strength is what you're strong in. We don't have to stand on our own. I love what it says in the book of Luke. It says that those that hear the word and do the word is like somebody that dig deep. They dig down deep and they founded their life upon a rock. Well, we know the rock is Jesus. It is the word of God. Their life is founded upon a rock. The Bible says for this person, when the storms of life come, every storm that comes, not if they come, but when they come, 
the Bible says that the storms of life cannot even shake the house. Oh, child of God, we've got no bad news for you today. Rest in the reality of who God is. Hallelujah. Let's turn over to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Hallelujah. We're going to look at verse 1. Psalm 103, verse 1. Let these words just wash over you. It says here in verse 1 of Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is written, or in, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, plural benefits, who forgives all of thine iniquities. Look at this, and who heals all of thy diseases. Isn't that good news, child of God? Father, I thank you that you forgive all of my iniquities, that you heal all of my diseases. Look at verse 4. Who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. And look at this. Once again, we've got the importance of words. It says, who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Wow, isn't that good news? He sent his word and healed you. He's provided this for you. Hallelujah. Child of God, I pray that today you would know the healing power of God in your life. I pray that you would understand and know and walk in a revelation of how much the God of heaven loves you. In Exodus 15, in Exodus chapter 15, here's God revealing himself to the children of Israel for the first time after they left Egypt. And how did he reveal himself? He said, I am Jehovah Rapha. In other words, I am the Lord that healed you. You could translate it this way. I am the Lord, your great physician. Oh, child of God, we've got a great physician. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many are experiencing symptoms of this virus. Many are experiencing different sicknesses or diseases. Well, we put an end to this. The Bible says that God is our healer and the greater one lives on the inside of us. So we just believe that we receive that right now.